Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunday morning, week four. Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network at AsylumFantasySports.com. Here we go, jolly old England. We have got football being played right now. Jets leading Miami 7 nothing. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about that debacle for a Steeler fan we saw on uh, Thursday night. All the breaking news. Big, big headlines coming out this morning. Tons and tons of the mailbag chat room. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can join us here. Nobody in the chat room just yet had a little trouble getting it loaded this morning. Thank you so much, Blog Talk Radio, once again, for all the great service you provide here to the asylum. So let's jump right into it. Rick uh, still out there. He's like the Monopoly man, still out starting that business. He's got his monocle on. He is uh, at it, hope, hoping he can call in later. Hopefully we hear from uh, Scott Fish later on to help us out with the questions. But right now it is just me and you. So let's check out uh, all the headlines here. The big one right at the top of NFL.com. Sure you've seen it already. Andrew Luck not expected to go today. It's a bit of a, a surprise to me. I know they talked about him as being questionable, as being a game-time decision, uh, Rappaport reporting this. See, so surprised the news came out so early. Quite frankly, in the situation they're in, surprised that that he bowed out. They, they, they <laughs> excuse me, they got a lot going on here, right, flying solo. Surprised that he wasn't able to go at this point, that they didn't try to force him out there. So the big question becomes, obviously, if you're an Andrew Luck owner, you've got to find a, a backup option. What's it mean for your other player? You know, T.Y. Hilton, this is a guy when we get into starts and sits, I think I had recommended as a sit. He's a little nicked up. Moncrief seems to have been the first option for Andrew Luck as as this offense has struggled a little bit. Uh, What does it mean for Moncrief? I I think he's the guy who it it may affect the most. Now, Now, in a good situation, Having Hasselback as the backup, this is a good professional quarterback, a guy who can come in and at minimum manage the offense, I think. Frank Gore, here's a guy who has struggled. He might actually be a bump up a little bit. I think you try to run the ball. I think even with even with a, a good, solid backup quarterback, I tend to simplify the offense a little bit. Frank Gore somebody I might find interesting. I wonder if they weren't playing Jacksonville if Andrew Luck would be sitting. You wonder if they're not taking any chances here, assuming that Hasselbeck can head out there and and beat a, a Jaguars team, who, and frankly, in my opinion, is getting better. He starts and sits. I want to talk about Blake Bortles a little bit as well, but Andrew Luck out. You know, we, we'll probably get some questions here as the show goes on. 
Yeah, I'm going to recommend Frank Gore, depending on your on your situation. I think Moncrief should, could, should be okay. T.Y. Hilton, I'm worried about a little bit. But based on your receiver situation, I'm not pushing the panic button on, on any of my Colts here, quite frankly, just yet. But it's a, it, it's a tough call. And, of course, there's a lot of people, if you haven't taken care of it already, you scramble out there. I saw Colin Kaepernick picked up in <laughs> – in our league of consequence so desperate times for some desperate owners i'm not sure who i'm playing this week but i hope it's the guy who had to pick up colin kaepernick here's one we're going to get a lot of questions on we had a lot of questions in the mailbag about it looks like arian foster is expected to suit up today now that that's an interesting (laughs) dilemma we have here brent grimes is out alfred blues coming off the huge game And Arian Foster's back a lot faster than I think most of us anticipated. So what of it? What what do we do with Arian Foster at this point? Knowing that this decision was just made this morning, they weren't convinced 100% as of last night, as I was prepping for the show, you know, that he was still considered a a 50-50 option. Where do we go with Arian Foster? Now, these are ones I tend to get burned on these. And Arian Foster is that weird guy where he's always nicked up. He, he, we, I talk about, I bring him up so much on this show that I, I suffered through him with you. Remember when Brian Westbrook was, was leading the running attack for the Eagles low those many years ago? And he was just, he was a questionable game time decision week in and week out. And he just came in and performed and he drove you nuts. And I wouldn't draft the guy because of it. I wouldn't have a Brian Westbrook on my team. Arian Foster's been very similar, and, and looking back on a little bit of research last night, Arian Foster, in games like this, where you, you, you were nervous, you didn't know if he was going to play, you didn't know what his injury situation was, he tends to come out and put up some numbers. So if you have somebody who's been underperforming, if you're maybe in the Todd Gurley realm, if you, you're one of those no running back guys, and Foster was was one of the guys you picked up late to try and salvage it later, <clears throat> he might be worth a go here. I don't think he's going to get 100% workload. I, I think it'd be silly to think that he does. But I think what history has shown, Arian Foster's going to get the goal line work here at minimum. If he gets on a roll, if he's healthy enough to suit up, they're going to give him the ball. And I think with the way that offense operates, if he even gets 50% of the snaps – I think he's going to put up decent numbers. He's going to have opportunities to get in the end zone. This team outside of DeAndre Hopkins is so lacking in weapons that if you have an Andre Foster dressed and supposedly at least a modicum of healthy, I don't think you have any choice but to, to throw him out there. You don't have any choice but to give him a shot. I think at minimum, at minimum, you're getting some goal line looks. It's hard possible to predict what his workload's going to be. I hate when these guys come back quick like this, but Foster has done this. Foster has a history of this. So I think you got to roll with him. You know, I'm not going to sit, you know, two reasonable, solid starters, guys that have performed well for you. I might take a wait-and-see approach. Maybe if you're desperate, if you're if you're 0-3, if you're 1-2 and, and need a win. I think Arian Foster may be, may be worth that opportunity. So uh, moving on, the, the other real big, big news. Marshawn Lynch, a game-time decision for Monday night against the Lions. And this is where it kills you, it being Monday night. 
<clears throat> excuse me, got the morning voice there. Hopefully uh, Rick calls in here and, and bails me out a little bit. I saw a story last night that they listed him as 60-40 out. <laughs> I've never seen that before. You've seen 50-50, 75-20. I've never seen 60-40 out. You hate to do it. You absolutely hate to deal with these Monday night situations. I think you've got to sit him down. There's not enough other other talent out there right now for the Monday night game to pick up and, and go ahead and roll with a Marshawn Lynch if he does wind up going. So I think in this case, 60-40. I mean, here's the problem with Marshawn Lynch. I've seen 50-50s out of him before. He nearly always plays. Name the last time Marshawn Lynch missed a game. I don't think you can take that chance. I just it doesn't seem worth it to me what whatsoever. It's even if he does play, I think Fred Jackson. I I think the young the, the young back come in there. They're going to get some work. I think you're going to see Marshawn Lynch's work limited. I also think you see the Seahawks blow the doors off of Detroit, which isn't going, which is going to facilitate being able to keep Lynch on the bench even more. You're not going to need too many big carries out of him. So I think you have to, as a as a Seahawks owner, as a Marshawn Lynch owner, I, I think you got to set him down here. You got to find a backup plan. We, we've seen it happen in the past where a Marshawn Lynch, a, somebody on that Monday night game will be a game time decision will you'll be nervous you'll pick up somebody you're not real comfortable with they'll perform less than admirably and your 50-50 guy will come out Monday night and put up a big game and that'd be fine but do you want to take that chance can you afford to take that risk at what is your number one running back position I don't think you can so let's. Oh, we. I think we have a special guest on the line. As I look up at the queue, I think I recognize this number. Is this is this Mr. Rick Briggs? Well, of course it is. Somebody, 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 somebody put in some real advice around here. No, oh, what would what would we do a thing like that for? <laughs> exactly. I'm just here to bring the show down a little bit. That's all. Well, I'm not sure how much more down the show can get, Rick. As Blog Talk, be it what Blog Talk does, till about one minute into the show wouldn't let me load the chat room. So there's nobody in there right now. It's just you and me, and I'm sure there's some other guys out there listening on their smartphones. But unfortunately, uh, waiting for the crowd to come into the chat room, it just uh, didn't want to load this morning. Well, you know, that's the thing with our technology when you're when you're limited to only one thing, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But, uh, you know, fortunately, the, you know, the email, the mailbag and everything's pretty busy. I mean, getting into week four, we're starting to get some injuries and everything. We had quite a few questions. Pages of mailbag questions that we were able to pull out that, that weren't completely absurd. And, of course, Rick, we had to pull out all the Jets-Dolphins questions because the what you've been stumping for, more of those London games. We have another one of those this morning, so that should make you happy. Uh, a ton going on already this morning. I don't know what you saw. I'm sure you've been at it since 5.30 in the morning. Looks like Andrew Luck is out this week. I spent a little time talking about that. You're a, you're a Frank Gore kind of guy, Rick. What do you think Andrew Luck being out does for Frank Gore? Well, I think uh, Andrew Luck being out obviously just takes that offense down 
considerably. You know, Frank Gore had that big game last week, and um, it seemed like they were starting to get on track a little bit offensively. But, you know, now with luck out of there, you know, I think they're going to have to rely on Gore. However, that also makes defenses key on Gore. So, I mean, I think he's you have him on your team, you start him. But, uh, I don't know, the expectation may be down a little bit. Yeah, probably, but but to your point, I think if I'm a Frank Gore owner and I've been down on him, I, I think I argued on on our Fantasy Sports Network show yesterday that he's one of the guys I cut bait with. He's a guy you're sticking with. But but today specifically with an Andrew Luck out, I don't know how much Jacksonville key on him. I don't know how much it'll matter if they key on him, if they can take him away, but I think he's an opportunity play today. I think you know he's going to get upwards of 20 carries, if not more, whatever he's physically capable. I don't know what his pitch count is. I've heard he's on one, but I think he's going to see the maximum of that workload as they try to simplify things for Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah, you know, the thing about Matt Hasselbeck, fortunately for them, is it's not that they really have to simplify things, but he just can't do what what Andrew Luck can do or what he used to be able to do. So, therefore, I think it's going to be you know, not so much simplified, but just more or less keyed down to what he's able to do. You know, the short passes, he's not going to be able to throw 45 times a game and and, and win it like an Andrew Luck could do. He cannot run like an Andrew Luck. But, you know, I I still see a lot of, of the short passing game, you know, in a fairly efficient, you know, performance by Hasselbeck. And I'm like you. I think they're going to have to rely on Frank Gore. They're going to have to run um, quite a bit. The Jacksonville defense, save for last week, has kept them fairly competitive. But, you know, let's face it, Indianapolis should be a better team, and uh, I think they can run on them. Yeah, yeah, I think they can. I, and I think I think you'll see a, a little bit of mixture out of that backfield, but – I think a ton of opportunities head, heading out right now for for Frank Gore. And, you know, I, I look at T.Y. Hilton's a guy I, I've avoided. I actually had him, I believe, on my sit list. And we're going to get into those in just a minute while we have you here. And we'll hop into some. How long do I have you, Rick? Well, it just depends. Um, if uh, things start pressing and i got to go, i got to go. Or if you piss me off, I'll leave. All right, so we we got about five more minutes, so we better uh, whip through. This <laughs> I think I got through all the all the other big headlines. I was talking about Marshawn Lynch on Monday, Rick. Any any doubt at this point? I saw a story last night. He was sixty forty to sit, which I've never seen a sixty forty before. Is there any question at all that, that you're going to have to sit Marshawn Lynch down? Being being he he plays Monday night. Ah, uh, I. Those are the things that, that drive you nuts when you can't really get a, a full-blown report whether or not he's going to play. You know, if I would hedge my bet, I would think he could play. But being it's Monday night, you know, I, I don't really want to risk it. And, you know, uh, really, unless I've got an Abdullah or somebody on my bench you know, that I could use in the case he's not playing. I think I'm going to have to set him, you know, in lieu of someone that I know is going to be playing on my team. Yeah, and a report already came out last night that Joyke Bell's going to be out for Detroit. So, 
you're going to have limited options there. I suppose you could, I don't know, Fred Jackson still available on waiver wires. He may well be. Uh, the hot topic on Twitter last night, Rick, was Thomas Rawls, all the, the, the fantasy, uh, I'll just say it, all the fantasy douchebags out there who, who like to mock everybody have declared, Rick, and you'll be surprised by this, they've declared Thomas Rawls as the second coming of Marcus Allen. And Marshawn Lynch is going to sit and Thomas Rawls is going to set the world on fire. So I thought you may find that interesting. Uh, you, you all over the Thomas Rawls bandwagon like everyone else. Well, I remember when everybody was on everybody other than Fred Jackson when Fred Jackson was in Buffalo, and I wouldn't be surprised Fred Jackson owners would probably get uh, you know a fair amount of work for their boy um, if Lynch does not play. Yeah, so uh, let's go spin through these headlines real quick here, Rick, and then we'll uh, we'll let you steer the show after that. LaShawn McCoy definitely out this weekend, isn't going to play again until he's 100%. Carlos Williams, a big game last week, has a touchdown in every game. Are we talking about a, a must-start here with Carlos? Oh, with McCoy out, certainly. I mean, look, this is a defense that's dominating teams, and when you can dominate on defense and run the football, which Buffalo seems to be doing, boy, that's a recipe for, you know, success. And I think you certainly have to get him in there. Yeah, yeah, love what I've seen, and I think even when you get a McCoy back healthy and a hundred percent, you're looking at you might very well looking at a you fifty-fifty know, kind of deal. Williams is performing too well. It could be a Bills offensive line thing. It could be a Carlos Williams thing. I don't know what it is, but you have to get it out there. Andre Ellington, a game time decision, but CJ two K, and we might be able to say that the way he's been running, still expected to be the starter. What are your thoughts, Rick? Do you buy what you've seen the last two weeks, number one, out of Chris Johnson? And number two, what does a re- potential return? Or let's say we knew 100% Andre Ellington was 100% go today. What does that do to Chris Johnson for you? Well, if Andre Ellington's 100%, and, and we'll start with that little example, I think what you see is um, a pretty even split of RBBC with these two guys. We, you know, with Johnson running so well, and, of course, you know, Ellington's, you know, potential dynamic playability, you like to get him in there. That being said, I w- I'm riding Chris Johnson until I know Ellington's 100%. I mean, you know, this is a thing of beauty for Arizona right now. You know, when when – Ellington was always banged up the last couple of years. You know, they try to rely on a Stephon Taylor, you know, and, of course, they had, the, you know, the Beanie Wells experience and Jonathan Dwyer and so forth. Nobody could carry the load with Ellington out. Hence, I think sometimes he would come back before he should. You know, with Johnson in there, you don't have to worry about that. And you have Palmer passing like crazy. I think, you know, just as long as things are, are successful – Make sure he's healthy. You may need him later on. Right, and when was the last time Andre Ellington was 100%? I think that, that's the big question. Uh, one more thing, Rick. It looks like we do have a call on the line. Anyhow, somebody's found us here. Looks like Drew Brees is, a, is good to go. Everything they've said says they believe he can make all the throws. I'm a Drew Brees owner, Rick, so I'm going to ask you directly for myself, what do we do with Drew Brees today? Tonight, oh, I think you start him. I mean, you and I 
we're on opposite sides of the fence with one of our uh, Twitter questions earlier in the week. And I said even before the Steeler game, I took Breeze over Joe Flacco. You tended to go the other way. I, I think that you're going to be fine with a Drew Breeze. And, you know, when it gets down to the point of even a, a 60% Drew Breeze or in 100% Joe Flacco, you give me Breeze every day. I think if he's playing, you throw him in there. Yeah, I, I I have to agree now, and especially I know they put a little bit of games, gamesmanship out there, but I'm going to take them fairly close to their word if they say he can make all the throws. I don't think they put him back out there if he couldn't. Yeah, you're at 0-3. I know it's a must win, but I don't think you're going to put a 60% Drew Brees out there. I think he's he's got to be close to ready to go. That's hop to the phone lines. It's all one, so this must be a Skype call, so I'll just say, caller, good morning. What's going on, Flieger? This is uh, Fish. I was just uh, I was just sitting on hold in case you needed me and Briggs left. Uh, and also, the chat room is rocking. Can you not see anyone in the chat room? No, I can't see anybody in there. I wonder if I uh, if I restart it. Yeah, that's odd. I'm showing uh, showing nobody in there. No, no, we got Road Warrior Dave, and we got Dave the Confused, and uh, there's there's been a few studs to questions and some conversations. So just thought Man. I'd let you know. But- you can throw me on hold, and uh, you and Briggs can uh, have some fun. Well, Scott, right. I mean, if, if there are people in the chat room, Scott, and considering I am mobile and Rick can't see them, maybe you could relay some of the questions to us. Oh, well, all right. I'll, I'll be like the, the side producer. Where's Cole today? He should be doing this. Yeah, Cole's on he, vacation again. Don't lie. You're setting up this little business, and you pulled our producer slash intern out of there, and he's over there doing grunt work for you at, at the farm stand. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 painting right now. <laughs> yeah, let's All just right. leave you. God, if you had the time, if you don't mind doing it. Sure, sure. Uh, first one is uh, PPR Flex. Stevie Johnson, Percy Harvin, Lance Dunbar, or CJ Spiller. Oh, for, for me, I am all over Lance Dunbar. We're, we're, this is this guy's a potential ten catches a game. I believe eight in week one, eight, four and ten after something. If I have that right, this guy is a PPR monster, and and they've shown with even though he's got the greatest arm in the history of the world, Brandon Whedon, they're not really giving him opportunities downfield. Lance Dunbar seems to be his first option in the passing game, and in a PPR, I know I've loaded up on Dunbar shares in in daily leagues Dunbar's a guy Rick I'm all over yeah I really like Dunbar and and unfortunately I couldn't catch who it was all between um on the question I know Lance Dunbar and I I don't know I hear Chris Johnson I'm not sure uh Harvin Spiller and Stevie Johnson oh yeah definitely Dunbar and PPR and then Stevie Johnson would be second to me I want no parts of the other two to be honest with you Okay, I'll uh, pop to the second question. Mike Evans or Jordan Matthews, non-PPR? Oh, <laughs> that, if you take that one first, got to think about that one for a minute. i tell you what, I'm, you know, really starting to like what I saw on Evans, but, you know, with Jordan Matthews, um, I think you know what you're going to get with Matthews, I think you know, much more than Evans. I'm still, the jury's still out with me, you know, with the with the quarterback situation and just the whole offense in Tampa. Uh, I'd have to go Jordan Matthews. 
Yeah, I think even even being this a non-PPR, I like the yardage that comes out of the nearly guaranteed eight to ten catches he's going to pick up. Hey, now the, the chat room just popped up there, so I, I could keep a lookout for that too. But I like what I saw out of Mike Evans with the seven catches. He he saw saw a ton of uh, ton of targets as well last week. But we know what we're getting out of Jordan Matthews. Hopefully, he can find the end zone, which hasn't been a big part of of that Philadelphia offense. But getting the targets he's going to get, if he gets that eight to ten catches, I think the yardage will follow. Where, where are you at on that one, Scott? I actually uh, have that same issue. My my league's PPR, but I put in Evans. I think he scores a touchdown today. I. I think his first week back, he just looked really good with uh, Jameis. So I, I put Evans. I know the matchup's a little tougher. Had Dunbar for the first one. Uh, the third question is Marshawn Lynch, C.J. Spiller, or Andre Ellington? And I think that's the last of them. I heard you got the chat room off now, so that's good. Oh, man. That's uh, so that, ahead, if, if Ellington's playing, I think I would go Ellington. And, um, you know, I really hate to duck out on you guys, and I swear I'm not going to be doing this much longer, Rick. And, uh, but um, I, I think I'd have to go Ellington on that. Scott, is good talking with you. And, um, you know, unfortunately i got to run. It's Sunday, but I still have people here, so i got to go. All right, Rick. Well, uh, good luck. I'll send the bail money for you. Take care, buddy. Great talking to you, Rick. All right. Well, there goes Scott, the Monopoly man, Rick Briggs, businessman, Rick Briggs. So uh, I'm, I'm going to hop on. I'll, I guess I'll agree <laughs> with the Ellington thing. I don't like it, but if we know he's going to go, I, I can't mess with. I, I was talking about it off the top. I don't know if everybody heard it. If I was up and live, then I, I can't trust Marshawn Lynch. And I have to think that they're going to have a lead in this game. And I, I'm actually going to assume he's going to suit up, but I don't know how much work he's going to go. And if I don't have a, a Fred Jackson or I guess a Rawls, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know where all this Rawls love came from all of a sudden, but if I don't have one of those, I can't risk that Monday night matchup. So if you're asking me Ellington versus Spiller, then I guess it's Ellington, but boy, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, that's, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not starting Lynch in any leagues. So I would, I would just, push him aside. If he if he does play and has a good game, you know what? I think your process is right even though you you know kinda got screwed. I think your process is right. So um I I would lean Ellington only because CJ Spiller is just not a guy I've ever been able to trust. Um that that's that's probably where I'd lean. It's pretty uh pretty close between those two though. Yeah, and, and I've seen we we don't have a lot, if any, or I might I might even weeded them out in, in the mailbag as far as Spiller questions. And but hearing a couple already this morning, you have to wonder if there's a belief out there, and it's a good question. If Breeze is limited in terms of downfield opportunities, is this the type of week where C.J. Spiller could be? This is honestly, Scott, the type of week they would have brought him in for looking for that short underneath stuff. But, boy, when you've expected it over the years with Spiller, it's just never panned out. I, frankly, I just don't have the guts to trust him. You know, this decision might be fully made up for the guy because Ellington's, you know, game time, right? So I I think this is the one kind of one you can watch right up until the wire. They want to get CJ more involved. And you're right, this could be a game. I mean, look at what Devonta Freeman did last week. There might be a lot of – a lot of yards to be gained today for the uh, 
for the Saints on the ground um, and in open space. So I can't, I can't, uh, I can't hate on either call. And the mere fact that Ellington's a game time decision, I thought he was just questionable, but, but, you know, they thought he'd play. I might, I might actually, I just looked it up. I might actually switch my pick now knowing that Ellington is a game, game time decision. Yeah, he he makes you nervous because you know, a lot of times you hear game time decisions. You have a if you have one of those guys, if they go, you plug them in. You assume they're they're 100 percent ready to go for the day. Ellington's so fragile. Maybe you get two snaps, three snaps out of him. It might be wise wise to play Spiller there. As you look at the Saints and the way this game is setting up. And what Dallas is going to do, you can almost see Seattle going this, or not Seattle, New Orleans going the same way, and you're going to see a lot of dink and dunk. It might look like a high school game tonight at 8:30. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Really could, it really could. It, it does have the highest over under today at 48. So, wow, <laughs> that's eh. well, I don't know what I'd do with that one. I don't just avoid that game altogether. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Although Brandon Whedon throws the nicest ball in the history of the NFL, so you always have to factor that in. Yep, yep, sexy deep ball. <laughs> All right, what do we got here? Boy, Jets still up ten nothing. Miami is just a disaster. Although I like what I've seen a couple times he's touched the ball. He he's a, he's an intriguing. I don't know what to make of Lamar Miller. We were, I believe, we talked about him yesterday at the uh, Fantasy Sports Network show. Yeah, I'm I'm about ready to cut bait. He's he's been a bigger part of the offense today, but this Miami Dolphins offense just unable to move the ball and unable to finish. Oh man, I don't even know what you can move him for if you wanted to trade him. If you're talking about just straight up cutting him, I don't know that I would do that. But if if you're if you're a savvy, crazy, high high stakes type of owner, uh, Lamar Miller plays the Bills and the Jets this week and next week he's probably going to do pretty awful against both of them. Then you should go in and come in with a super low ball offer to the Lamar Miller owner. See if you can snag him and maybe he'll have a better second half of the season. That, that might be yeah. my play. I don't, I don't own Lamar Miller. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it. I may have him in one best ball league is about it. So yeah, it, tough call. He's looked better today. They got him involved in the passing game a couple of times early, but just getting shut down. Uh, similar to Lamar Miller, uh, Dave in the chat room, thoughts on DeMarco Murray today if he plays. Uh, I'll tell you what, with this, Scott, I just wonder what we saw last week out of Ryan Matthews. Here we go. This is my Ryan Matthews man crush again, I know. Is Ryan Matthews a better fit for that offense? Is DeMarco Murray – um, you can't even call him a change of pegs back when you have a Darren Sproles in town. I just wonder if his work's going to be limited from here on out, if Ryan Matthews is a better fit. Yeah, I think he might be. I think he might be. Um, <laughs> I, DeMarco Murray is getting hit behind the line constantly this year. I have a fun stat for you. Uh, you know, DeMarco Murray has 11 yards rushing this season, which is <laughs> amazing for three games. Yeah, um, that's uh, about yeah, he, here's the crazy part. He has a nine-yard run and an eight-yard run, which means he's gone, he's gone two rushes for 17 yards, and his other 19 rushes have gone for negative six. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just in – all right, this happens one game to, to everybody, it seems. Maybe yeah. for two games. We've played yeah. – I guess that's all, all he's played at this point – 
But then when you see him able to move the ball with Ryan Matthews, if you're Chip Kelly, now there may be pressure for you bring in a DeMarco Murray and pay him all that money to give him work. But I think Broles has been a huge part of this offense, a bigger part than I expected, frankly. Maybe other folks were on top of this early on, but a bigger role than I expected. And then you see Ryan Matthews succeeding at best, at best DeMarco Murray's a one of, th- a one of three. I've got to stay away until the inevitable point where Ryan Matthews gets hurt and DeMarco Murray's getting steady work and maybe they figure out a role for him where he has put up numbers where he's got into the end zone. Even in these awful rushing games, I believe there's one five catches for 50 yards. He may have a little bit of value in a PPR and in passing not non-obvious passing situations when Darren Sproles isn't going to be on the field. But for me, DeMarco Murray's got to stay on your bench till one of those other two goes out and or we see him become successful being 40% care snaps at this point, which is about the most, most I could hope for. Right, right. And and something people people think Washington and they think crappy team, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're, what most people think. Washington has allowed 163 yards to running backs this year, that's the best in the NFL. The, it's not, the run D is actually stepping up. So you're talking about DeMarco Murray, who's struggling like crazy, playing a run, a run a team that is just destroying running backs. I mean, they've only allowed one touchdown to a running back this year. Um, granted, they, ha- they played Miami, St. Louis, and the Giants, who don't have the best running games. But uh, still, they're holding it down. Yeah, it, it it's sort of sort of their bread and butter, and they're bad in the secondary. So I think that's their game plan: to come in and load up against the run, and and hope to keep up over the top. Uh, if Foster is active, Scott, do you play him? Uh yes, yes, I do. Because if Foster is active, I I can see him getting one of those four yard touchdown sweeps to the right that he's so famous for, you know, or sweeps to the left. Um, I I think if he plays. He's going to split carries. Um, he's exponentially better than Polk and uh, Grimes. Oh, Grimes is out, um, but and Blue. So I think he's going to get a, a better workload than people think, and he probably will get a touchdown. Um, Roadway or Dave made a comment here in the chat room uh, about Lamar Miller. Um, basically, they just need to get to week eight when Jay Ajayi will come in the game. Oh. <laughs> I'm not worried about Mr. Ajayi. I don't think I have my Ajayi drop on this. Uh, I'm in Studio B here today. I don't think I have the Ajayi drop. I got to get that for next. God, I almost hope he does, just so I can hit that button all day. It's so much <laughs> That'd more be awesome. fun. You know, yeah, can you I have make a comment about this? You, you know Absolutely. that best ball league we're in, that Flieger Destroyer team I have? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see that you got eliminated from it already? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, what is it? Three strikes and you're out. And I was at the bottom in uh, three leagues. That's what happens when you go uh, in a, where you can be eliminated in three weeks. When you go with Le'Veon Bell with a two-game suspension. I believe oh, my yeah. second round pick was Jordy Nelson and my fourth round pick was Kelvin Benjamin. So that thing got away from me pretty quickly. Yeah, that. oh, man. And Jeremy Hill only had the one good game out of the three, too. So. Yeah, yeah. He, oh. he's been an absolute disaster. And it, it's only yeah. worse, by I, I don't know, you probably don't remember, when we were out at the Hall of Fame, I got in a big fight with that one guy on Twitter who's in the league who was mocking my, my draft strategy, and I, 
I spent a better part of an hour at, at the Hall of Fame media day on Twitter instead of doing what I was supposed to be doing, mocking him and, and telling him we'll see. And then I get eliminated in three weeks, so there's a little karma there. Ah, oh, man, I wonder who it is because he's probably, he, I wonder if it's the other guy that's really near elimination. But, uh, I hope so. I want to apologize for not coming calling in last week. Uh, I was in the middle of the ocean, or Caribbean Sea, I should say, Caribbean, whatever. Um, and uh, I could have Skyped, but my internet, the Wi-Fi they have there, it was 28 bucks for the Wi-Fi I had, but I could have upgraded to have Skype available for $7 more. And I debated long and hard if it was worth $7 to, to call in and talk to you guys for an hour. Absolutely not. It was a god-awful show, so you didn't miss anything there, Scott. We had a lot going on. You you get out in the middle of the ocean, I think. In international waters, I think it's an asylum-free zone. I think there's probably a a treaty out there of some sort. You brought up Jeremy Owner, or Jeremy Owner, yeah, Jeremy Hill. Uh, Road, Road Warrior Dave asked thoughts on for Jeremy Hill owners. This is one I've been kicking back and forth all week. We had some some questions early in the week on Twitter. We talked about it on one of the shows earlier in the week. I don't know what to make of it. I can't believe this continues, but two weeks to me is at least the, the very, very beginnings of a trend, and Gio Bernard has looked so good. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I, I mentioned this on the Bull Rush podcast, also on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Um, <laughs> I mentioned this the other week that Gio Bernard is the super safe, like the safest running back out there, it feels like. It feels like no matter what, he is going to get 10 to 15 touches, probably four or five receptions in PPR leagues. He'll never get below 10 points. I can't even see it happening. So that's, you know, kudos for those guys to be able to play Gio in his flex. I'm not worried about Jeremy Hill just yet. Um, I don't think Eddie Lacy started the season really slow last year as well. Um, I, I think this just happens sometimes. It's uh, the game flow, the, uh, the matchup, th- things like this happen. Uh, most of the time it happens like week four, week nine, and week 14. It just so happens that Jeremy Hill's with three in a row to start the season. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, it's just so dynamic. What we saw out of week one is what you expect to go in forward. I don't know if game plan gets away from, from him a little bit. You haven't seen a ton of carries, and you, so then it becomes game flow, what's happening in the game. And that's the danger when you have a guy like – when you have a guy like Gio Bernard behind him, sometimes right. the game flow is – dictate that Bernard's the better option. I don't know how you predict that. So sitting in the seats that we're sitting in, Scott, trying to predict this stuff week in and week out, that's the danger. That's the hard part as an owner and as somebody who's trying to predict. I don't know how you can predict what game flow is going to be. You're always going to have that danger, but I think he's one of those guys you're just going to have to grin and bear it a little bit some weeks because there's going to be weeks like week one, and Oakland has proven to be reasonable against the run anyhow. Week one, boy, you load up on anybody going against that Raiders front seven at running back, and that hasn't panned out. I think you just sort of got to grin and bear it, hope those good weeks outweigh those awful weeks, which I assume they're going to do, but you give me two or three more weeks of this, then maybe I'll panic. Yeah, and unless you drafted Gronk or punted, uh, punted running back, he's your RB2. He, in most leagues, he's your RB2 anyway, so – 
I, 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 would, I would still absolutely love Jeremy Hill as my RB2 in most leagues. Um, I, I'd be a little hesitant, but, yeah, the, like you said, the problem is Gio Bernard's skill set translates better for a high-tempo game. So if Cincinnati keeps getting in these, the 3-0 Cincinnati Bengals keep getting in these high-tempo games, I, I would be a little worried. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. If desperate, could Reggie Bush be a sneaky PPR play today with the Niners likely to be behind and Green Bay being the king of giving garbage time points? Which Boy, is that true, as Jeremy Macklin buried me on Monday night in two different leagues last week. You go in with 25 and 30 point leads and think you're golden and Jeremy Macklin smacks you around. Nothing stings worse than that. Any trust in uh, Reggie Bush, Scott? Um, I, I think that Dave put it absolutely perfectly. If desperate, he's a sneaky PPR play. Um, he's not the kind of guy in most of my leagues where I would have him in my lineup. But if if you're sitting on like Marshawn Lynch and uh, Andre Ellington and players like that that you're you're kind of curious if they're even going to play and stuff like that. I might I might go. Hey, you know Reggie Bush is, you know he's going to play. He's going to probably be in for some garbage time because I don't think Hyde will be in for garbage time. I I do like that call. That's uh, I hadn't even thought of that. That's a pretty good call by Dave there. Yeah. Yeah. Really. We don't think too often about Rick Bush <laughs> these days. I, I think the keyword's desperate. It, it's not a chance I want to take. There will be garbage time opportunities. I think that's where there is no debate that Green Bay just goes in and, and massacres San Francisco. I, you always worry about Reggie Bush's touches. You always worry about, is he going to go down on his first touch of the game? And, and that's what would keep me away. I think this would actually be obvious if you had any faith that Reggie Bush could stay healthy. Although if Reggie Bush could stay healthy, this might not be a sneaky pick. So I, I think if you're if you're really desperate, and I think that's the key word, what's your desperation? You need a, a shoot moon, to use your phrase, Scott, type of guy. You're one and three, you're, you're, you're one and two, you're 0 oh and three. You really need to make a move. This might be the type of guy you need right there. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's worth a shot. I don't know if I'd take the risk, say, in a daily league or something like that. But if I'm uh, maybe if I'm a Marshawn Lynch owner and I don't have any good backup options throughout the day here, Reggie Bush might be the guy I'd take the risk with over, over Lynch and that whole situation in Seattle on Monday. Yeah, I'm I'm not playing Lynch uh, in anything, and I just wanted to make mention, uh, Aaron Foster is on the field warming up. Yes, I think you have to. I think uh, David mentioned earlier in in the chat room, you know, nervous unless you have a just don't have a better option. I'll tell you what. How many times has Aaron Foster been in this situation where we didn't know until? And this is nice, you know, at 10.42, we know already. How many times have we seen Foster where we didn't know till 10 minutes before kickoff if he was going to go? And he just goes out and puts up numbers. Look, his work's going to be limited. But you know he's going to get all the goal line work. You know he's going to get rolling. This is just something Arian Foster does. And then he's probably going to get nicked at some point in the second quarter, and I'm going to throw my hands up and say, ah, I blew this one again. And he's going to come back after halftime. He's going to get his work. I wouldn't be stunned to see him get two touchdowns today, quite frankly. This is just – Arian Foster does this. This is who he is. He drives me nuts. I I tend to not own Arian Foster for this reason, and it burns me year after year. 
but he will drive you insane every Sunday morning. I think if he goes, you've got to get Arian Foster in your lineup unless you've got two serious, serious backs ahead of him. Yeah, uh, I'm. I, I it depends on the starting requirements, but I have trouble believing in a lot of leagues you have a flex better than Arian Foster right now. You know, um, if he goes. And you're completely right on that. It's not like Marshawn Lynch being 60-40 or 40-60 or whatever for Monday night. Marshawn Lynch has proven to go into a game, be dinged up, and and have, like last week, have five or six carries and come out. Or his back seizes up right before game time. I mean, that's Marshawn Lynch's history. Um, Aaron Foster's history is just what you said. You know, he'll be dinged up and he'll go in the game and he'll – He'll get 140 yards with three touchdowns, and then you're kicking yourself. So, and not only that, Bill O'Brien comes from the Belichick school. So, I mean, you saw it on hard knocks. He keeps stuff close to the vest. So, Aaron Foster might be full ready to go, and they're just being, you know, little jerks about it, right? <laughs> so, um, that's true. I would, yeah, I would, you... lean, I would lean towards Foster. Yeah, and I, I think we may have some questions. We'll get into the mailbag here real quick. Don't know if you're watching the game, Scott, but I don't think everybody knows. But if I'm not mistaken, on the Bull Rush podcast, you did uh, recommend Jake Stoneburner, tight end for the Dolphins, to start this week, right? He just uh, found the end zone, as you predicted. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah he, he was our start of the week, actually. We said if you have Graham, uh, bench him. Gronk's on by. Uh, if you have Kelsey, forget about that, dude. Jake Stoneburner. That's that's where the that's where the money is. I I gotta be on. I didn't know until four minutes ago there was a man named Jake Stoneburner on the planet, let alone on the Miami Dolphins. I have to admit. So uh, here we go, uh, Coach Philbin. Oh, once you not know Ohio State fan or what? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm a lowly Pitt fan. Although we got a big win win against uh, Virginia Tech and their injured injured second quarterback yesterday, but I'm going to take it as a Pitt fan. We don't get much to celebrate <laughs> over here. So let's go uh, before we get into into the questions. I had a couple starts and sits. So, so what we'll do, I don't know if you you have any off the top of your head, you can throw them in, or you can just tell me if I'm nuts on mine. I think uh, we have wasted a lot of time on random crap. Let's hear your starts and sits and starts and sits and uh, picks for the games. Let's go through it. People love those. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we can do that too. So my quarterback this week, I went deep on my starts this week. And, and looking, we're starting into bye weeks. We we have the Drew Brees situation. We've got the Andrew Luck situation. Blake Bortles is a guy who's caught my eye a little bit. Going up against that Colts in his last two games, he's got four touchdowns, one pick, averaging about 260 yards a game. I think Blake Bortles is a guy who isn't going to kill you. In in two leagues right now, I've seen Andrew Luck owners pick up Colin Kaepernick and plug him in their lineups. That's a guy. He could have high end and garbage time. You see what he did against Pittsburgh. So I understand almost the Kaepernick move, but a Blake Bortles isn't a guy who's going to kill you. He's not going to put up 30. I understand that, but this is a guy who give me 18 to 22 points almost comfortably. Against what I consider a, a, a banged up and, and an outright bad Colt secondary. Blake Bortles is a guy I, I'm intrigued by this week. Yeah, that's uh, I, I like his matchup with Indy. I would like him. I'd actually like it more if Luck were playing. It's not weird because I feel like they would fall behind more, and that Bortles would have to pass. Um, but I, I do like that. I do like that matchup this week. So I think that's that's a fairly fairly nice call. But it, I mean, if you're starting Bortles, you got to have major injury problems, or it's a super flex league, probably. 
Right. I, there's not a lot of guys I'm going to recommend him over. And now that it seems like Breeze is 100%, I think you got to go there. At running back, I, don't, I think you're starting this guy anyhow, quite frankly. But we don't talk about him enough, I feel like. And I just want to get his name out there. But Mark, Mark Ingram tonight against Dallas, I think they're going to try to establish that running game a little bit. You saw what Devontae Freeman did to the Cowboys' vaunted defense last week. I think Mark Ingram sets up for a big week. And this is a guy I've loaded up in in a fairly discounted rate in all my fan duel leagues. Yeah, uh, I love Mark Ingram this week. That's another reason why I'm so hesitant on T.J. Spiller, uh, is because I, I feel like this is a big Mark Ingram week. Love that call. Yeah, I think it has to be. A wide receiver, this one was obvious. This was tough this week to find anybody sneaky, but if there's anybody out there who hasn't jumped on the Amari Cooper bandwagon yet, now's the time to do it, especially against that, bear, that god-awful Bears defense. But if we get... Scott, I'm telling you, 10 to 12 Amari Cooper questions a week. I, the reason I put him down here is to start the discussion. Amari Cooper is in every week start. I don't care the matchup. I think he's matchup-proof. It's got, Amari Cooper is in the elite status right now of, of fantasy wide receivers. Yeah, um, I actually have a start fit for you regarding Amari Cooper and a question that falls right in this topic. I completely agree. Love Amari Cooper. I, I mean, what? Three straight weeks or two straight weeks, 300 yards for David Carr. <laughs> David Carr. Derek Carr, excuse me. Um, and uh, I love Amari Cooper. I think you have to start him every week. I think he's a wide receiver one slash two every week. So the start fit I got just a moment ago, and since we're talking about him, um, Dante Moncrief, Allen Robinson, or Torrey Smith, or – Bring Amari Cooper up from his taxi squad and cut Torrey Smith. Oh, just not even a question. I mean, that, that's 100%. Yep. Torrey Smith, talk about a letdown. I thought that was going to be a good fit out there. And quite frankly, Anquan Bolden's disappeared. Torrey Smith has been he's, – he's been what he was with the Ravens where he could disappear for weeks at a time without giving you that 200-yard, two-touchdown game that you get every four or five weeks out of Torrey Smith. Amari Cooper, he might be on the top of that list, quite frankly, of the other players he has. I think Amari Cooper's your best wide receiver there. Yeah, and with luck out, Moncrief, I mean, I can understand wanting to just hold Amari down there and have the extra roster spot, but uh, Moncrief loses luck today. Um, Alan Robinson, I mean, he's got Bortles throwing him today, right? So maybe that's an option, but yeah, I cannot – I cannot leave those Amari Cooper points on my taxi squad unless I'm just loaded. Right, yeah. And I think I think Robinson will be fine, and he's definitely a start. And he's, he's another daily play for me this week because you still get a good value on him. Got a couple in the chat room here. Uh, uh, here's Dave again. Hard to recall a season where so many early RBs haven't panned out. That said, and it, you being our roving Vikings re, uh, reporter, Scott, Thoughts today on C.J. Anderson against those bikes? Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, <laughs> they, they held down Melvin Gordon and uh, Danny Woodhead to, to a good degree last year, last week until garbage time, uh, and they still held him down. But, uh, well, whoa, what's going on? Oh, I had an echo for a second. Sorry. Um, I think – I don't know that this is the week that C.J. Anderson gets back on track, and I hate to see it because that front of the bikes – is good. The linebackers can move side to side. You know, they, 
I don't know that CJ is going to have a huge week. Uh, I, I think that Carlos Hyde week was a complete anomaly for what the season is going to be like. Um, so I know you drafted CJ Anderson high, but I think he's more of a flex play. I think he's more in line there with like an Arian Foster type. Like you, you got to be really hesitant to play him. I think, I think I'd actually start Foster over CJ Anderson this week. Oh, I wouldn't even think about it. So, so in talking about C.J. Anderson, I've gone on about it. Uh, Rick talked about it a little bit last week. W- at what point do you – and i got to be honest here. Here's disclaimer. Yeah, this is a guy I said it wasn't going to happen in the preseason, so i got to be honest. I own no C.J. Anderson, and I'm rooting for him to continue to fail. I, I will happily admit that. At any point does he bust out of this? At any point as this offense changes – more to what Peyton Manning likes to do from what Gary Kubiak likes to do, which we, I think we're seeing, we're seeing the evolution of that, uh, of panning, of Manning telling Kubiak to zip it. We're going to do things my way and win football games. The CJ Anderson ever bust out of this funk. I'm just not seeing it. And they're giving Hillman so many opportunities. There might be a game here or there. Do you see this turning around? I don't think he gets himself back up into that number one category at almost too late at this point. But but what do you do with C.J. Anderson? Okay. You know, this, this is probably not the best analogy, but it's only it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and I do not want to make light of domestic violence in any way, but it's kind of like that situation where you're, you're with this person and, you know, they're – they they crap on you all the time, but then they do something really nice. Like I feel like CJ Anderson's gonna have a week in week like six. He's gonna have a huge week, and then you'll be like, oh, he's awesome. I love him again. And then you're gonna take more of his crap for several more weeks. I feel like he might be that back this season. That he's gonna have three to five really good weeks that are gonna make you be like, oh, that's why I drafted him. And the rest of the weeks he's just gonna crap on you. Yeah, I just I don't trust, especially a Denver guy, and I, I won't go through the whole thing again. Anybody who listens to this show is tired of hearing it. But a Denver guy, number one, you never know who it's going to be. A Denver guy with a Hillman behind him, number two, and who's drastically underperformed. There will be a point where Peyton will lock in on him. They're going to have the right matchup. Although that AFC West, it's tough to run the ball out there. This isn't the West we've seen. In the last couple of years, but I think CJ, if you can get anything from him, I guess you don't give him away. You keep him stashed for bye weeks or injuries and hope you, you you catch lightning in a bottle for one of those four or five games you were talking about. But he's uh, he's my Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews just keeps beating me and keep kicking me and apologizing and buying me flowers. And I stuck with him for years. And, you know, I got to pay off uh, a few weeks and then he uh, kicked me in the teeth over and over again to stick with your analogy. Although, Yes, disclaimer, we're, we're very anti-domestic violence here at the Asylum Fan Sports Show. PPR flex, Woodhead or Harvin? That, that's a tough one there with uh, with Watkins out this week. Oof, yeah, and Tyrod seems to really like Harvin. I, I'm regretting trading Harvin in every league this offseason. I thought I thought that was smart to get out before before he had no value, and apparently I was wrong on that. Uh, you know, I actually, I know it's going to sound weird. Cleveland, I think this is going to be a, a Melvin Gordon game today. I really do. Even though Woodhead is the red zone guy, I would take Harvin. I would take Harvin in, in, for a Buffalo team that seems to score 30-plus points every week nowadays. 
Yeah, any any most weeks uh, I'm going to take Woodhead there. He's a safer play, number one. You know, he's going to get the goal line carry. I agree. All the talk this week, everything I've read from from other fantasy people, from from NFL people, from from San Diego, is Melvin Gordon seems to be a play this week. Melvin Gordon sets up well for this week, and I, I've started to buy into it, even though I'm not a Melvin Gordon guy necessarily. Woodhead's going to have some value, but this is one of them cases where you got to ride the wave. It, it may come crashing down. Percy Harvin has quite the history of that. And, and do, does any do any of us believe? I guess I'll ask you, Scott, that the Buffalo Bills and Tyrod Taylor are a thirty-five point a week type of team. I think it might come crashing down, but I'm going to ride this wave until it does. And to your point, the way Taylor plays fits perfectly for what Harvin does, and he loves Harvin. He leans on Harvin. Then you take an option like Sammy Watkins out out of the lineup. I don't think you have any choice here. It's going to come a week. It's going to come crashing down, but I'm going to ride the wave for right now. Yep, me too. And uh, the Giants, their their opponent, it's uh, in Buffalo. Uh, the Giants have allowed the most passing yards uh, in the NFL this year. So that also helps Harvin. Um, I'm, I don't know that, that Buffalo will score 35 points, but I, I feel like this game could have more offense than, uh, than we think. I, I would not be shocked if it's, you know, both teams are in the 20s or even in the 30s. So th- this is a week that I don't think it's going to come crashing down. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think. Just an uninspired team. Even in that win against Washington, I, I think New York's got, got real real problems there. We have uh, non-PPR, John Brown, Mike Evans, James Jones, we need to. Oh, well, I'm going Evans and James Jones. Um, right now, Larry Fitzgerald is the boy. He is, he is the king over there with Palmer, even though I thought, you know, the fact that John Brown and uh, – Carson Palmer were living together this off season training and, you know, you know, grocery shopping together and, and making pancakes and uh, getting dressed up in their bosom buddies outfits and stuff. Apparently that, that didn't make the connection that Larry Fitz and Carson have. So I, I would rather, I would rather go with Mikey Evans and James Jones, who I think will both score this week probably, or both have a very high chance of scoring. Yeah, I, you, you can't get off of James Jones. Talk about uh, being able to say you can't go home again. Apparently you can if you're James Jones and Aaron Rodgers loving him looking that way. Devontae Adams has been a disaster. I think he's going to be today, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, James Jones is the obvious one there. Love what I saw. I was in a panic after Mike Evans came back in, in week two and got targeted twice, no catches. I think we saw who Evans is going to be in that offense. He's going to be be the target guy. Vincent Jackson owners are the, are the folks I'm worried about. So I like Evans there. John Brown, you, you said it all. I, I can't even follow up on that. But Larry Fitzgerald continues to roll, and I think if Palmer's healthy, why do you ever bust up that connection? Uh, as an Antonio Brown owner, Scott, are you in a panic yet? Uh, no, no. Uh, I know it's. It's scary not having Big Ben, um, but I feel like uh, Antonio Brown. Well, if you mean in a panic, I'm I'm a little more hesitant on starting him. He moves from the clear-cut top player on your team to more of a wide receiver two or three or flex play <laughs> for a few weeks here. But I'm not moving him at all. I know Ben's going to be back for my fantasy playoffs. I just hope I can ride it out. Yeah, and it's scary what we saw on Thursday. But but one thing I'm telling myself and why I'm not in a panic quite yet, 
<clears throat> excuse me, is that let, let's keep in mind that Michael Vick came in and started this game on Thursday on three days practice. Now, obviously, Antonio Brown's numbers are going to take a hit, but I think we saw a little bit in the preseason and a wee, wee little bit on Thursday. Vic can still get the ball downfield. He's still got the arm. I, I don't know if he can read the defense. See, he really never was a strong suit, quite frankly. Antonio Brown is too good of a talent. Uh, the secondary can't take him away. Now they go to a Monday night game. So now they have eight, nine days of practice to get Michael Vick more in tune with that offense. I, I think we see it affects Le'Veon Bell not at all. Antonio Brown, he may lay some stinkers in, in these next four to six weeks. He may His numbers are going to be down. You're going to have to temper your expectations. I, I own Antonio Brown in all my, my local leagues, all my non-best ball leagues. Quite, I, he's the guy I took the risk this year. And if I was draft five, I took him over the and I know it's going to hurt a little bit, and I've fielded 27 trade offers, I swear, this week. And I'm not touching it. I think he's going to be – we're not going to see 11 for, for 190 in a touch at any given week. But in a PPR league, I still think once you pick up and running, you're, you're looking at a 7-8 catch guy approaching 100 with, with yards after catch if he can get that rolling. I'm not panicked with Antonio Brown whatsoever. It's going to be down, but I'm not panicked at all. Right, and something that people aren't really talking about that uh, is also good for Antonio Brown. Next Monday night, Martavis Bryant comes back, who Michael Vick hit for a 43-yard touchdown in the preseason. Um, uh, Martavis Bryant could – I mean, the, the other wide receivers for uh, the Steelers have not have not been, you know, the, the studs that you – know, well, I guess nobody thought they'd be. <laughs> but uh, Martavis Bryant could spread, you know – force defenders to actually take a look at him. So that might open things up a little more for Brown. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. And, and Vic did seem to have a great rapport. And that was talk in practice as well when they brought Vic in. Him and Bryant seemed to, seemed to hook right up. So I, I think that helps the Steelers in general and helps open things up. We've got a couple in the chat room. Uh, we got it in two different leagues, same problem. Peyton Manning or Cam Newton in one, and then Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers in the other. So I, I think Peyton over Rivers, uh, it, it hasn't been Peyton Manning in terms of 375 and five touchdowns every week. I think he's starting to fill up Rivers. Don't hate that matchup against Cleveland. For me, that's Peyton over Rivers. Now, Peyton Manning, Cam Newton's a little tougher, Scott. So I'm going to hop off and think about this one, and I'll, I'll let you tackle this. Peyton Manning or Cam Newton? Man, I'm 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 on I'm on the uh, – Cam Newton bandwagon right now. I think he's he's running more than ever, and it's only a matter of time before he breaks some longer runs and breaks some touchdowns. Uh, I, I I know that uh, Minnie's pasty might be without Xavier Rhodes, which uh, you know sucks, but they do have an, a decent pass defense. They haven't, they haven't been giving up a ridiculous amount through the air. They've held people down pretty well. Uh, Carolina against Tampa Bay. Yeah, look what every other team pretty much has done against Tampa Bay. I mean, New Orleans is awful, so they didn't play very well against Tampa Bay. But otherwise, other teams are just destroying Tampa Bay offensively. Man, I love Cam Newton this week. I, I think he's a top-five fantasy quarterback this week. Yeah, he's Cam Newton's the guy there. It's The only thing that gives me pause, I love Cam Newton, is anytime you making a risk. But, but I agree, Cam Newton – Historically torches Tampa Bay. 
everyone's torch Tampa Bay this week. Cam Newton's got it rolling here a little bit. Love him. Can't mess with Rivers, so I'll go Manning there. We had a couple more in here. I want to get try to get caught up. We got Mark Ingram, Arian Foster, C.J. Anderson, and Ryan Matthews. Which one to sit in a non-PPR? That, that's a good question there. We got a couple of question marks in there. I like that one. So we're going to sit one between Ingram, Foster, C.J., and my boy Ryan Matthews. Only have to sit one makes makes it pretty interesting for me. Um, I think I'm starting Ingram and Foster out of that. I mean, this decision might be made up for him later if Foster doesn't go. Uh, I hate to say it, but C.J. Anderson, I just I'm still having a lot of trouble. Um, I think he might be. I think he might be the one to to sit this time. Um, Ryan Matthews being second against. Uh, against a fairly stout Washington Lundy, but uh, I think I'm saying C.J. Anderson out of those four. Yeah, I, if if DeMarco Murray's out, I think that's a guarantee for me. And I, even though Ryan Matthews may struggle a little bit, if if I guess the question becomes then if DeMarco Murray goes, do, do we hear DeMarco Murray has any value and how much does he cut into Ryan Matthews' work? So I might – you know what, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit C.J. Anderson. I said oh. it last week. And I said it again. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get burned away, and I'm willing to take this. Maybe if you're 0-3 or 1-2, you can't afford this. I'm going to sit C.J. Anderson from this point forward against pretty much anybody. I mean, somebody can throw something out there and move me off this, I'm certain. I'm going to sit him until the turnaround, and, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to be a week late on this. I know my job is to get everybody a week ahead but, C.J., it's too unpredictable what's going on there in Denver. And I got the whole Ryan Matthews man crush. I got to leave that out there as well. But I think if DeMarco Murray doesn't go, I think this is fairly obvious for me. It's going to be a muddy track there in Washington in what has become the worst playing surface in the league after they, they spent those millions of dollars in Pittsburgh to clean up that disaster. So it, it's going to be raining. It's going to be cold. The field's going to be tore up. I think this is going to be a running type of game, and I think it's going to give Ryan Matthews a lot of opportunities. And in division games, Washington finds a way to blow it. So I think a big run out of a guy like Ryan Matthews is, is certain, certainly plausible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and based on what Ryan Matthews did last week, you got to wonder if his chip's going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, recency bias and uh, hot hand uh, wanting to play the hot hand. So, all right, well, we got it. We got another one in the chat room. On a side note, would you keep Aguilar in a non PPR or pick up Andre Johnson? Boy, here's two real big uh, disappointments. Yeah, can you imagine uh, if you went into your season three years ago having Andre Johnson and Roddy White versus right now? <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> Father Time hits us all, or most people anyway. Um, I, I agree with Dave. Uh, Roadwire had said it perfectly in there. AJ worries me. Philly, Philly, Philly offense can really only get better. I expected so much more out of them. The Philly offense also has a lot of, uh, you know, fairly poor pass defenses uh, later in their schedule or coming up in their schedule. Uh, I think Aguilar is a rookie. He's, he's, you know, just got, he'll get more and more involved. I would take the upside shoot for the moonshot in Aguilar rather than the Andre the decaying corpse of Andre Johnson. <laughs> yeah, perfectly put. The bottom line here is with Aguilar, there's some ceiling for him. Maybe he figures it out. Maybe he becomes a bigger part of the offense. Not 100% sure what the problem is. 
it may be a Sam Bradford problem, quite frankly. I don't know, but there is potential. There, there's a ceiling there for, for Aguilar. Here's the problem with Andre Johnson. I, I, I was right in one sense, and I was wrong, and I like to call myself all, out, all, out here because most people aren't willing to do that. I made the argument all off season that even though the Colts' offense was going to be a heavy pass-first offense, and it might at the time, me along with everyone it was going to be a real high-powered passing attack in Indy, which it still may be. It's been a, been a disappointment, but let's put that aside. I made the argument that even so, it's not going to be good enough to feed three legit fantasy wide receivers. Now, all summer I was arguing it was going to be T.Y. Hilton and it was going to be Andre Johnson. I think what's better to come to fruit here is that it's T.Y. Hilton once he gets healthy and it's Dante Moncrief. It's not He's not a part of that at this point. He's just a really old, you know, he's like a legacy guy. He's just sort of hanging out around there. I don't see him turning it around. He may have a game or he may have a play here or there. He's a guy, if I felt I'd like to have on the roster, I'd like to slide out there in the fourth quarter in a big third down situation, a guy I know can make a play if I need one. But this is going to be about Hilton and this is going to be about Moncrief going forward. Andre Johnson isn't there, so I don't see – much room for vertical movement up for a guy like Andre Johnson. Aguilar, he's still a big question mark, but I think that there's much, much more potential there. Yeah, and here's the weird thing about Andre Johnson for me. I did not think he was going to have a great year. I thought he was going to be on a complete snap count to keep him healthy to blow up in the playoffs for Indy. And that hasn't happened. They're actually, they've actually tried trotting him out there as their legit top two wide receiver, and he just looks old and slow. Um, yeah, Moncrief, just those young kids taking the old job. All right. Just came across here, Rick. Uh, DeMarco Murray is expected to go today. Does that do anything, uh, move you at all from the from the previous question? Was it CJ and Ryan Matthews? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, Ryan Matthews, it, he, he was just too hot last week. Um, CJ Anderson – uh, just scares me a lot more than uh, – I, I think they're kind of in similar situations. Uh, Ryan Matthews being the number two, but a better – I guess the matchup does suck, but he, he looked so much better last week. C.J. Anderson, I don't know. I don't know how well he's going to do against that Vikings Vikings team today. I would, I would probably rather still go with Ryan Matthews. Um, and if you're going to keep calling me Rick, let me know because I, I would have to go a mustache for next week. Oh, did I call you Rick? That that is an insult. What, what you do is just scream and curse at me when I do that. That is that is impolite, and I rarely apologize. But for that, I certainly will. Uh, back in the chat room, we'll get to the mail room here short or the mailbag here shortly. Uh, number two running back Gore Jonathan Stewart, and I'll answer these questions. I just realized who this is, uh, Alan. Just because we're not playing this week, I'm willing to answer these questions. Otherwise, yeah, you will be blocked on on the week we play. But uh, Scott Gore, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, you know what? With, with Matt Hasselbeck in and uh, Jonathan Stewart still a little dinged up, I do I do like Jonathan Stewart against Tampa Bay. Um. Oof, man. Oof, man. I think I, I think I'd go Gore. I think this is finally the game this year that Gore has a decent PPR day. Uh, I'm assuming it's a PPR league. I, I think I would lean Gore. I understand the hesitancy; it's super close, but uh, I think I'd just slightly lean Gore. 
Yeah, not as close for me, Scott. And this might just be my Jonathan Stewart hatred. I kind of know what I'm going to get out. <laughs> I guess he could bust a long one, but what do we look at? 14 carries, about 60 yards. This is on the high end. I, I don't know if there's a high ceiling there. I talked about coming off the coming off the uh, off the top here this morning. I guess you load up against the run when you're the backup quarterback there in, 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 in Indianapolis. Try saying that three times fast. However, I think you simplify things, even though Hasselbeck being a, being a veteran, you simplify things a little bit. You try to run the ball. To your point, in, in a PPR league, you try to – you're going to use Frank Gore – out. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading the chat room. I got a couple of things going. Let me reset here. Frank Gore's going to have opportunities in the passing game as they simplify things. I think Frank Gore has a decent game here, and I just know what I'm going to get out of Jonathan Stewart. And when they get down near the goal line, the problem has always been with Jonathan Stewart and or D'Angelo Williams going back a couple of years ago. We know who's getting the goal line carries, and it's not going to be Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, and the another, th- I mean, something that makes you want to start Jonathan Stewart is, I mean, the Bucks have allowed the second most yards and the second most touchdowns to running back in the NFL, behind uh, Cleveland in yards and behind the Falcons in touchdowns. Um, so that looks good for Jonathan Stewart, but man, I just, I still can't do it. I just, I just feel like if Hasselbeck is, is, ooh, Andrew Luck is warming up a little bit. That's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, he did what? Um, Andrew Luck's on the field. He's uh, I'm watching TV right now, and Andrew Luck's on the field. He's just throwing some passes. I don't think I don't know if he's going to play or not. But they said uh, he's not expected to play, but he has not been ruled out. So, um, wow. But anyway, anyway, yeah, that's I'm going to have to keep a close eye on that. As a guy who's been drafting Andrew Luck since he was a sophomore in college. Uh, he has, he's in every league of mine. But uh, if Hasselbeck is in there, I, I do like some more dump-offs to Gore. So I, I'd take Gore. Yeah, I, I think just opportunity is going to touch the ball. And I, I have to assume, even if luck goes, if reports come out at 10 a.m. that he's out and then he ends up playing, he's going to be limited at best, and you could be one hit away. And he, he's taken some hits this week. So – think we're caught up isn't Jay Stu a little banged up shocker I yeah I think he was born a little banged up it's just a matter of when the one that puts him out for three or four weeks so let's hop into we got about 15 minutes left hop into the mailbag I'll try and cherry pick some of the some of the tougher ones here I'm benching yeah we could do that we're I'm not very good at that though I tend to drone on and on it's Hmm. kind of my thing so I, I like this one. I had this one highlighted. I'm benching Eddie Lacy for Devontae Freeman and Carlos Williams today. Am I crazy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if you're crazy. Where, where are you at, Scott? Benching Eddie Lacy for who? Sorry, something came on my computer and started making noise right over you. Devontae Freeman and Carlos Williams. Uh, nope, you're not crazy. Um, I love love, love Carlos Williams this week. And uh, Devonta Freeman, I think there's a little bit of a fool's gold factor there, but uh, Eddie Lacy, um, what was I going to say? He's playing San Francisco, which has looked decent against the run. Uh, I I would waver on Lacy versus Freeman. I I would probably start Lacy and Carlos Williams, but the question was, am I crazy? I don't think it's crazy. No, I I agree, and that's what I was going to say, the exact same thing. I wouldn't do it. 
I would go Lacey and Williams as well, but it's not insane. You, you wonder what a, a big lead for Green Bay is going to mean, and I think we can all agree that's going to happen fairly early. The fact that he's been nicked up, I, I don't think it's as bad as when we all push the panic button after week two, but I think you're going to see some, some work for, from Starks once they get ahead. I, why take the risk with, with a Lacey when you're up 20 <laughs> fairly early? So it's not insane. I wouldn't have the guts to do it. I'm the type of guy, I'm going to need to see it one more time out of Freeman. He's certainly not going to put up the kind of numbers he put up last week. That was just one of those weird things that got away. It was happening on the other side with Randall. So I wouldn't do it, but it's not completely insane. You know, not knowing the background of this team that he's putting together. Is this, uh, you, you know, your phrase, Scott, a, a shoot for the moon type of play? It very well could be. And in that case, I would like it. So I wouldn't do it, but but definitely nothing crazy about it. Uh, play Rivers at Cleveland versus Cleveland or Carr versus those god-awful Bears. God spelled G-A-W-W-W-D. So he must really not like the Bears. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Carr. I'm, I am I think that he very well could get another 300-yard game today. Uh, and I love Mari Cooper so much. Michael Crabtree has is, is been consistently good. Not super surprising me, but it's really nice. Now, wow, now Andrew Luck is really warming up, and they're putting Andrew Luck's staff on the page. Wow, uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, All right, I guess uh, we got to stop call. here. If Luck goes, what do you do if you're a Luck owner? Um, he's still not expected to play, but I mean, you got you got to put Luck in. I think even injured, you got to put Luck in. I don't. If he goes, I don't think he's coming out. So. Uh, Sorry, sorry about the interlude there. I'm just uh, completely confused by the constant updates on Andrew Luck. I mean, it's it's sitting on breaking news and just you know showing him warming up. Yeah, it, it, it it's insane. You don't see this very often. Uh, now now here's one we C.J. Spiller, Andre Williams, Scott. Uh, you're in a tough spot if you're looking at, at one of these two. Andre Williams is looking like he might take over that job. Is you know, is where. I, I, why I threw this question in, it's kind of interesting there. Jennings has been such a disappointment. Williams getting all the goal line looks. Then I think the, the writer here knows how I feel about C.J. Spiller and how Rick feels. Don't know where you're at. That's actually a tougher call for me. I, I'm in this game still going to go with C.J. Spiller, but I, I can see why we asked this question. Yeah, well, today I'm going C.J. Spiller for sure because uh, Buffalo, what is Buffalo like? Outside of the New England game, they've just been holding down running backs. So, and, and even even if they hadn't, I, I really like Buffalo's D versus running backs. So, I'm not starting Andre, Andre Williams today. I'm starting uh, C.J. Spiller. But uh, down the road, that's going to be a more interesting question. Yeah, and I don't know the – it's going to take a few weeks to see how it all plays out because we all know Tom Coughlin's never going to tell us. <laughs> that Andre Williams is going to be my number one guy. That's just not what he does. But, uh, yeah, for this week, C.J. Spiller, if he's going to have a good week, th- this seems like the week to be it, assuming Drew Brees. Although they've said he can make all the throws, uh, assuming he's going to have a little issue there. Let's head uh, back to the chat room. If you're a Stafford, Calvin, or a Go- Gordon owner, any chance one or more have a good week? Uh, Dave's still not convinced that, about the Seahawks' D. And going with the do theory, which I always like, hey, that could pay off or it can bite you big time, but believes that Detroit is due. Are you, are you panicking? as a as a big time Lions fan up there, Scott. <laughs> yeah, huge Lions fan. Um, I, don't, I actually don't hate the Lions. Uh, it's uh, 
you know, they've always been lovable losers to me. Um, but uh, I don't think Seattle's D is, is as legit as that has been. I don't, I don't know what is, is there. I, maybe it's just they've been told too many times that they are the best, so they just assume it and don't train for it anymore. Um, maybe it's Cam Chancellor. Um, I don't know, but uh, I, don't, I don't know about the do theory, but, uh, and I have not been on the Golden Tate bandwagon at all. He was a, a flex play at best with Calvin Johnson in the game last year. Uh, when Calvin Johnson, Johnson was injured or a decoy, that's where Golden Tate got his numbers. So I'm not a Golden Tate guy, uh, but and Stafford I kind of have as a end of the end of the QB one, start of the QB twos play. Uh, Calvin, I, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna bounce back. Um, he's been having some okay games. He's been getting you those 14 to 20 points except for week one. Um, but uh, I, th- I think that he'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think he can bail out of Calvin Johnson just yet. He, he's just too good. Stafford, you nailed it. He, he's a number two at this point. I don't think he works himself consistently enough to a number one. I think he performs as a number one at times as they get easier matchups as the season moves on here. But I don't think you can trust him. But, but yeah, for Calvin, I think you keep him out there. Here's an interesting question, Scott. Would you drop Martavis Bryant and pick up Eric Decker, who I believe just scored here right before the half in a non-PPR league? Eric Decker's been a bit of a nice surprise for me so far this season. Yeah, he has. Um, this, this is like a total De- – Decker's, Decker's probably going to be the safer play. Um He's probably the smart play. I think it really depends on roster construction. Like if I'm sitting there, I got to admit, I can't believe they don't have someone better they can drop than Martavis Bryant, though. You know what I mean? Like exactly. how good is the wide receiving core that Martavis Bryant, who was probably your, what, sixth or seventh round pick, uh, is the guy you want to cut. Um, I, I don't know that I would. I'm surprised Decker's even out there. But uh, I'd like to know what else they can cut because I don't, I don't know that I would want to do that. I, I think Bryant could have a big uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Martinez Bryant love fest come the end of your season and definitely your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I, I think what it comes down to for me as well is what Say situation. Ben versus Geno slash Fitz. Yeah, well, there's that. But it's you have, can you hold on? for a few more weeks till Ben Roethlisberger comes back. Now, I still like the matchup that you talked about earlier, Scott, the the hookup with Michael Vick. They seem to definitely show some rapport in, in the preseason. And I don't, we don't want to make too much of the preseason, as uh, Doug Martin has taught me <laughs> so far this season. But Martavis Bryant, when Ben gets back, he's going to be massive. He is going to be the, the red zone target. He is the tall, wide receiver Ben Roethlisberger's been screaming for since Plaxico Burris left left town. So I got to hold on to Brian, but I want you to pick up Decker. I wonder if you have somebody else mm-hmm. worth, and maybe then, then we'll play the Martavis Brian or Eric Decker. Who do I start game until Ben Roethlisberger comes back? Because if you look at the Steelers' schedule, they got some tough matchups. I think you're all right against San Diego. Then I believe they got Arizona coming to town. They got some tough matchups between now and when Ben Roethlisberger comes back. So we can play the game then until we see what Michael Vick. I want you to pick up Eric Decker, but I don't think Martavis Bryan is the guy to drop there. Oh, here, here, right. he threw it up. Mike Evans, Randall Cobb, John Brown, Jones, and Martavis Bryan. Oh, wow. 
So yeah, I don't know that there's any. Do we maybe drop Brown for Decker? Uh, he might be the one I drop out of that list. Um, but how can he, unless his league has some weird settings, Eric Decker's playing right now, and Martinez Bryant plays Monday night. Like, how can he even make that move? Doesn't doesn't he want to just wait to see how Martinez Bryant does? And Decker, nobody can pick him up since he's playing right now. Well, we'll be going into next week as. Uh... Martavis doesn't play this Monday, so he's done. Oh for yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. What what am I thinking? But still, I mean, he can't he can't make this move for a few days. I suppose I suppose he wants to. Yeah, future move is what he says here. Um, gosh, I oh. might think about dropping Brown with with the way he's this Fitzgerald. And he's dropping a running back because <laughs> I don't really like John, John Brown might be the one I'd want to drop out of that, but the way that Cardinals offense is going, man, I don't want to drop any of those. I don't even yeah. know if he should care about Decker, honestly, with those wide receivers. When is when are you going to start Decker if you have those receivers? Well, that, that's the point, too. Assuming even if three wide receivers and a flex, maybe, but even still, are we sitting Cobb, Evans, yep. and Jones? You know, I, I don't know. It'd be tough. You, you, you'd have a yeah. tough move. Yeah, this completely made up my mind. Because it's your wide receiver four or five that you're either never going to start, take the super high upside guy, Martavis Bryant. Don't take the the safe, you know, stacker. Go with Bryant if he's sitting on the back of your bench. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. That perfect right there. Exactly. He's going to be at the end. So you got the huge upside. Because I think you get Ben back when you get to your fantasy playoffs. We could be talking about Martavis Bryant at at number one wide receiver. He's been that good when he gets in space as people try to take away, try to take away Antonio Brown, albeit unsuccessfully. But I think Bryant has has way, way too much upside there. Wow, we only got five minutes left. This this show is flying along. Let's. Let me move down. Uh, Cherry picked some good ones. Here's an interesting one uh, with all the news with Andrew Luck and, and all the issues with Drew Brees. Brandon Cooks or Dante Moncrief? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to go Moncrief. Uh, I still think – I mean, sorry, I'm going to go Cooks. I still think Moncrief's going to have a decent game today. Uh, if it's a PPR league, though, I really kind of like uh, Cooks against Dallas at home. A New Orleans team that is really, really – struggling and needs a win this week. I, I think that they're, you know, going to come out blazing. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not saying they'll be super successful, but I'm going to, I'm saying they're going to come out and actually make an attempt to, uh, to light up the scoreboard a little bit. So give me cooks. Yeah, I think you have to there. It's safer there. Even, I don't know, with all this Andrew Luck talk, I, I, it would be so strange. I can't remember a time where we read all morning that a guy wasn't going to go and ends up going. It usually works the other way. So I think you have a lot more upside with Cooks. So I'll agree with you there. Let's jump down. Here's, a, here's an interesting one. We get more quarterback questions than I ever remember. There's so many guys underperforming and, and so many of those 13 to 17 or 18 guys performing well. Tyrod Taylor or Drew Brees this week? Tyrod Taylor. I, I mean, I know Drew Brees is probably going to play here, um, but uh, I, I I just like Tyrod against the Giants, who I already said have allowed the most passing yards in the NFL this season, uh, and he gets points with his legs. I think Tyrod is also like a probably a top five or six quarterback this week. With Tom Brady out, I am loving Cam Newton and Tyrod Taylor this week. 
Yeah, no question about. Oh, I did. Sorry about that, Jersey. I've had uh, I had to pull up the chat room in a separate room. And I wasn't looking, but Scott looks like we got Jersey on the line. If it'll it'll answer. Hey, gentlemen. Good morning. Got Jersey here. Hey, three and zero in the other league, two and one in the other. Kind of help Junior out in the. Uh, All right. Junior wants to know: Does he go with Derek Carr going against Chicago in Chicago, or do you take a chance on going Carson Palmer? At home against St. Louis, who broke his leg or hurt his knee last year. Uh, which one do you like, Palmer or Carr to start this week? Uh, for me, Jersey, I think Derek Carr is a must start this week. Scott said it a couple times. I think he's an excellent candidate. St. Louis's defense hasn't been as terrifying as I expected it to be number one, as they look like they'd be after that that first game against Seattle. That being said, it's just such a much better matchup for, for Carr over Palmer. So, Scott, for me, this is Carr fairly easily, although I love what I've seen out of Carson Palmer so far. Yeah, this is this is easily Derek Carr for me. I, I have been pegged for a 300-yard, two-touchdown type of game. Uh, the Rams uh, have allowed – have only allowed 684 yards passing in three games and two touchdowns, only two passing touchdowns they've allowed in three games. Now, I think Palmer is, you know, better than, than what they've faced, uh, probably. Uh, the Arizona Carlos offense is probably better than what they've faced. But, man, I just <laughs> – I find it hard to, hard to start uh, – hard to sit Carr in such a nice week with uh, Palmer playing one of the tougher pass defenses in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, because I think he has Carr in there now. It's just one. Hey, quick question to me. I'm 3-0 in that PPR league. I mean, I'm missing Brady and Deion Lewis this week, so I got – man in there. But my my question is, yeah, I started Bell, I got Foster in there and I got Jeremy Hill. You know, uh Devontae Adams is hurt too and I have Deion Lewis on the body. There's no one I go with Brady. Do I get rid of um uh D'Angelo Williams? And there's not really a lot like I was gonna drop in and pick up Marvin Lewis like on Thursday but somebody beat me to it. I was eh, thinking that I really, I guess I got enough running, enough, I have enough running backs, but I have enough receivers, I guess. Is it smart to keep D'Angelo Williams in case something happens to Le'Veon Bell? Because he would be a plug-and-play, I mean, or is it at the point now where you can cut him? If if somebody drops a good receiver, you know, a half-decent receiver. What's your point on that? I think, Jersey, from what you listed there with having Lewis with, along with Bell, Foster, and Hill, I think you can afford – that roster spot for D'Angelo Williams. While Bell's proved durable, and hopefully this coming from a Steeler fan, hopefully this isn't anything you you need to face. I think you can afford the roster spot. And as we saw in the first two weeks, if Bell goes down, D'Angelo Williams is the number one running back. You can plug him right in. We can debate roster, but he's going to perform better than a Jeremy Hill. I think as long as you don't run into a real desperate situation, especially now that you have Arian Foster back, and, and as the weeks go on, we, we hope he gets healthier. I don't know what you think, Scott, but it sounds to me like he can afford that roster space right now for D'Angelo Williams, and just in case, just in case, that, that guy, we saw what he could do through two weeks. Yeah, that's that's pretty perfect. Everything you said is perfect. That's the same way I feel. Uh, if someone pops up that uh, you you think is a nice upside grab, I would I would have no qualms dropping D Will for him, but I, I wouldn't drop him for just any shot because when when Bell goes out he is he he looks pretty good. Uh yeah, I, I actually was dropping Williams for that Carlos Williams, but the guy that's in last place grabbed him. I kinda of figured he would, but I figured, hey, right. I'll put him for it, but what's gonna happen is somebody else gets him before me because I had like the twelfth pick. So 
uh, but uh, I, I really appreciate your help, guys. Hope I'll go four zero. We get Junior scored in white. I think he does have corn in there, so I appreciate you helping him. And always a pleasure talking to you guys on Sunday morning. Best of luck to you guys this, this week in your leagues, and we'll chat again next Sunday. Thanks for your advice. I really appreciate it. Enjoy your day. I appreciate it. Take care, Jersey. Great to hear from you. All right, Scott. We're up against the clock. Let's throw one more in. Uh, I like this question. Need an RB2 from Vereen, Abdullah, or Rawls? Rawls pops his head back up again. And and everybody out there that sent emails, I'm going to email you back. Sorry we didn't get to a lot of them on the show. Great great job, everyone in the chat room. It's been a great show. I had a really good time. Didn't get to a ton of these. I will answer each and every one of them. But uh, last one here, uh, Scott, I almost did it again. I'm sorry, Vereen, Abdullah, or Raw? Well, let me finish writing this down. More Scott equals great show. Okay. <laughs> we have the title. Um, uh, I think Vereen is easily the safest. Um, Rawls, I think, is the highest upside play, and I think Abdullah is stuck in the middle. Uh if it's a PTR league, I can't remember if you said it was or not. I think uh, uh, yes, it is. yes, it is. Okay, I think Vereen is is the guy that's uh, probably going to get you eight to ten points. If you're if you need a lot of points, I, I think I'd go balls out and try starting Rawls. Uh, I, I don't have the gut. Well, I don't have the gut, the, Scott. Yeah, but here's the great thing about starting Rawls: he plays Abdullah Monday night. So if you decide to sit Vereen, you can wait up until game time Monday night and make the call which one you want to go with. That That's brilliant. I'm, I'm going to give you that one, Scott. You nailed it. Let's go ahead. Yeah, I agree 100%. Let's sit Vereen. I haven't been blown away. We, we get a ton of Vereen questions. Was it week two? I believe he had the eight or ten targets or something like that. I don't think he's going to be that part of that offense as he was in New England. So, Abdullah Rawls, I think we've seen short of, of week one, now we've seen over the last couple of weeks, what Abdullah is going to be. He's a, He's got an opportunity to get in the end zone, but he's going to have to bust one, so that makes me nervous. If they tell us Lynch is out, I guess the question becomes, Scott, we'll, we'll go over here a little bit. Do you trust that with Rawls being the darling here this week out of nowhere? We see we saw this in Buffalo so many times. Do you trust that he's going to get enough work over Fred Jackson, who can, who can tend to take a game over? That's where I'm getting hung up. I, everybody's in on Rawls, but Fred Jackson is there. Fred Jackson, to me, is the number two. How much work does Rawls, Rawls look at? So, for me, we're definitely need to feel comfortable that he's going to get enough work that I can trust him over Rick's boy, Fred Jackson. Yeah, I I think that they're kind of like the two A two B, right? Um, I feel like I feel like uh, they also wouldn't mind uh, keeping Fred Jackson and his forty seven year old body healthy, and Thomas Rawls, the twenty two year old, that probably you know during the season want to give him a little more action. That way, they have all three backs for the playoffs. Um, for fantasy owners, that means Rawls might be a little safer than we might normally think. Um, uh, yeah, it, it is risky, but Rawls just looked so good last week, and he, he clearly is a good goal line for us. He looks like it anyway. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to go with you because I, there's such risk even with Abdullah as, as he got drafted in the fourth round of <laughs> so many leagues late in August where where he's killing you if you can pick balls. uh 
the higher ceiling, uh, equal floor. So, so yeah, why not? Why not take the chance? So what do we got in the chat room? Oh, we should set up a league here with the regulars, and then we could discuss the weekly results. I do love that idea, although Dave nailed it where he says, but after we kick the crap out of Flieger, he may stop the show. That's a fair point, Scott. I am not above just pulling the plug in the middle of a show. I, 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 I <laughs> lack a, Somebody, uh, an HR person at my old job one, told, one time told me, I lack emotional intelligence. I don't know what that means, but I think that this is what they were talking about. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that means either. <laughs> I'll have to think about that all week and uh, let you know if I if I find anything. Um, yeah, let's, I I still uh, think uh, it would be I still think it would be pretty fun. Um, I don't know if it'd be more fun as a basketball or a actually start your lineups type of league, but yeah, that would be uh, that would be fun to try. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, ooh, we are at eleven oh, thirty. Scott, thank you so much for bailing me out once again. Hopefully the Monopoly man gets uh gets everything put together and uh we can get back and and do it do it with three, which is the best way to do it. Although I think we, we agreed pretty much all day today, so didn't leave too many people hanging. I appreciate it. Why don't you tell everybody about the show and where they can find you? Uh at Scottfish twenty four. Um I'm on this little show called the Ball Rush Podcast, which is pretty awesome. I uh I miss a lot of them because I have trouble making podcasts and the schedule doesn't really allow it. But uh, when I'm on, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, sign up for Scott Fishbowl next year at scottfishbowl.com. Scott Fishbowl 720, right? <laughs> Possibly. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. You bailed me out once again today. Good luck this week, and I'll be talking to you. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for the chat room, too. It's a pretty awesome chat room today. Uh, you guys yeah, have a good one, Rick. Thanks, thanks, Scott. Take care. All right, that was Scott Fish, uh, the proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl, and uh, one-third of the Bull Rush podcast. Check that out. Good fantasy information, and it is hilarious. It's a really, really great show, so check that out. I need to get the website updated. If I don't have the most recent up episode up, it will be up before uh, before kickoff here today, so check that out. Just, just hilarious. Uh, Ty Miller, uh, Frank the Tank, and Scott, a, a really great show, one I definitely enjoy listening to. They have some fun along with it. So thanks to the chat room. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to everyone who listened. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we get Rick back here real soon. I think he's about got everything wrapped up. He's going to be he's going to be a businessman. He's going to come in here with his monocle and his top hat and everything will be good. But appreciate what everybody has done to help keep me aboard here. We'll be back uh Wednesday. Uh programming note, however, Wednesday's episode will be pre-recorded. We're going to pre-record it Tuesday as the as the Pirates are going to be taking on the Cubs in a wild card game Wednesday that I don't want to miss, so we're going to pre-record that. AsylumFantasySports.com. We got shows all week. Check it out. Bull Rush. We got uh, Fantasy Sports Ramp, Fantasy Football Consistency Show with Bob Long. Check all of those out. AsylumFantasySports.com. Also, sun, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I believe they replay at 9 o'clock Eastern. We have the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Fantasy Sports Network, FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 187, and all types of providers all along the uh, the Canada and the Northeast, so check that out. So appreciate it all. Good luck this week. Hit us up at Asylum Football on Twitter for anything last minute. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday.
Yeah, we're cracking up ACDC, Hank Skinner, George Strait. Where's the girls? I call them up. A little thug and drops. Hey, trouble, what's up? It's going down tonight. And now they're growing up. They got jacked up trucks, slap covered in mud. Teeny tops and daisy duke down. Hopping out, singing out low and down. I'm tired of them wild. Girls and girls in the dome. You don't grow so Hang out by the phone wild. Good old boys having a thing in the town. Crank it up. Get light. Throwing down in the dirty, dirty slap down. Being all night on. Get this in the head. Shots and bikers, they all come. Ticking in the You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.